Praise the Lord. Good morning. I just want to encourage everybody. Um, in Henderson, uh, Jason preached this morning, and uh, that's as good of a message as I'll ever preach. Praise the Lord. That was a good message this morning. And uh, so I want to encourage everybody, if you like going to church and you enjoy church, the only thing better is doing it twice. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. It says, Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, arise. Cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you. Just as I spoke to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, as far as the great sea toward the setting of the sun, will be your territory. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land, which I swore to their fathers to give them. He repeats it again, only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not move from it to the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have success. Have I not commanded you? And he says it again, be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. And uh, Lord, we're here to receive your word today, Lord. Not my words and not other people's words, Lord, but your word. And uh, Lord, I pray that you prepare our hearts to hear your voice and only your voice, Lord. In uh, your name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Title of my message is New Frontiers. Following Jesus. And so here we um, are on the last message before the new year. So the last message of uh, 2021 going into the year 2022. And um, whenever you stand and you're about to enter a new year, there are lots of different personalities that are looking into the new year. Have you noticed that? 
Different personalities look at a new year in a different way. Some people, it's just a date on the calendar and they could care less. No big deal. Uh, some people are naturally timid or, or afraid or, or have doubts. How many know that to be true? Some personalities are naturally like, you know what? And you've probably heard them at work or heard them in, you know, the grocery store and, and they're like, man, if 2022 is anything like 2021 and anything like 2020, then I just don't want it, you know, and, and, uh, it was a hard year and it was a terrible year and it was a difficult year. And, and, um, how many have noticed that personalities look at a new year differently? Some are indifferent. Some are, you know, like, man, I don't know. It was hard and I just don't know what this, what's ahead for me this coming year. And, and, um, and then there are others that are very optimistic. You know, like, man, I can't wait <laughs> to the new year and I'm just so eager and excited and see what challenges lay ahead and I want to make all these changes. And, uh, but there are different personalities. You know, um, some are optimists, some are pessimists, some are, um, some relive failures. How many know that? Like every time a new year comes, great, this is my opportunity to finally change. And so they try it every year at that time because it's a great demarcation um, for change. And so if you do that so many years and you fail so many times, then looking at the new year almost brings depression. Because, man, I've tried to change so many times and I can't change. You know, and sometimes it, um, you know, it just brings a real fear because people, you know, I've known some people that their mentality is, I'm another year older. <laughs> how many, how many know somebody like that? I'm another year older. Maybe they feel like I haven't accomplished what I've wanted to accomplish. And so what it does is it brings a whole range of emotions. But one thing I prayed about and said, Lord, what is the one thing that seems to be the common denominator? And the common denominator with the new year is change. You know, some people want to change and it eludes them. Some people are excited about the changes and some people are just steady as it goes and they're indifferent. But the one constant is change. And... um So the center I wrote down here, the center of all is positive and negative changes surrounding the new year and the possibility of good and the bad of change. And um, how many know the world is changing very rapidly? And and man, we see some of the changes and we say to ourselves, if we're a little older, we say, man, we used to talk about those changes coming 20, 30 years ago. But I had no idea it was actually going to happen. You know, how many know that some of the things we preach about, we're shocked when we see them happening in society. And we warn that it would happen and then it happens. And just society is changing so fast. And the one thing that is really sure is uh, things are always going to change. And if you really look at it, maybe the... One thing that determines whether you have a good year or a bad year, and I'll throw this out there, is how do you deal with change? Some people deal with change very well, 
and they succeed, and some people don't deal with change very well, and they don't succeed. And so our ability to deal with change in society, change around us, change in our family, changes in churches, often is the thing that determines whether we do well or we don't do well. And the Bible, fortunately, is a book about change. The Bible is just simply a book about how people of God dealt with change. And so it gives you examples of people that dealt with it well, people that didn't deal deal with it well. And before I get into the scripture in Joshua here, which is an incredible moment of change for these people, I want to give you three principles um, going into this text. The first thing that we need to remember is that God never changes. He's the same today, yesterday, and forever. And how many know when there is an earthquake, what's the thing you look for? Something that's not changing and something that's not moving. When you're in a storm and you're on the water, you look for an anchor. Because as the storm rages, the storm moves, the, everything, you're looking for an anchor that's not going to move. And God said in the last days, I'm going to shake up everything. And some of us look at the new year with um, fear, doubts, dismay, unsettled in our heart because we see all the changes. And I'm going to encourage you today before I get in the message to remember that there's one thing that never changes. And you say, good, Chad, tell them it's me. (laughs) It's not you. It's not me. We're not that strong. We're not that stable. We're not that good. But he never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God doesn't look and read the Wall Street Journal. He doesn't say, oh my goodness, the economy is taking a tumble. I better change where I've invested my money at. You know, these people aren't listening to what I said. They're not obedient. They're not, you know, not doing what I... And see, God doesn't change. And so we need to hold on to the one thing that is stable, and we need to say to ourselves, I'm going to hold on to that one thing all year long. And see, that's our problem. Sometimes we hold on to things that we're sure are stable, and we find out over the course of each year that they're actually not that stable. The second thing we need to recognize is, God always has a plan to bless his people and people in general. And you say, well, man, there were times in history in the Bible where obviously God had a plan. You know, he wanted to bless Israel. And there were certain times you see this plan playing out in the Bible where he wanted to bless different characters. He wanted to bless Abraham. He wanted to bless Daniel. He wanted to bless all these people. But let me tell you something. Let me read you a few scriptures here. Jeremiah 29.11 says, and you know this famous scripture, and he's speaking here of Israel, God's people. He's talking about his people, which by the very nature we are his people if we're believers. How many know that to be true? And he says, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. 
plans to give you hope and a future. So there's no doubt God wants to bless his people, but how many know God also wants to bless people in general? And so he says in Psalm 40 verse 5, Many, O Lord my God, are the wonders you have done, and the plans, do you hear that? Many are the wonders you have done, and many are the plans you have for us. None can compare to you if I proclaim and declare them. They are more than I can count. How many would agree from that verse that God wants to bless people? And so we need to understand that there's always a plan from God to bless us and to bless other people. The third thing, and this is just basic foundational principles, God always has a mission to bless us and to bless other people, and that mission is always in force. There's always, how many know, all through history, and this is hard to understand, every nation of the world, every moment in history, God has always had a plan to bless us and bless people, and there have always been people that have been on that mission from God to be the instrument through God to bless people and bless uh, bless his people and bless other people. How I many you know that mission's always in force? You can always find somebody who is listening to the voice of God and their mission is to be the instrument through which God blesses his people and blesses people. And we want to be a part of that mission. It's always in force. It's always happening. It's always going all through history. God has been, had people that were on a mission and they were joining together to do that work. And so when big changes happen, we need to remember that God is trying to bless people in the middle of big changes. So you say, well, I don't know. What about COVID? God never changes. God always has a plan to bless his people and bless people. And there's always a mission of people that are working together to accomplish that plan. Hallelujah. So now we come to this scripture, and I call it the uh, New Frontier. Now, how many of you know frontier is a word that we don't use very much anymore? In fact, there used to be frontiersmen, and we used to talk about the New Frontier of the West. And so frontier is not a word that we use real often. In fact, I pulled up a, de- a definition from a dictionary. Listen to frontier. It's the only word I could really use. It says, the extreme limit of settled land beyond which lies wilderness, especially referring to the western U.S. before settlement. I mean, oh, a new year is just that. It's a wilderness of land that hasn't been settled yet. In fact, you've got a whole list of possibilities And God has his people sitting in an area and they're right on the verge of entering into a land that God promised that he said, it's yours. He said, nobody can stand in front of you. I'm with you. Just be obedient to me and I'm giving you the land. Nobody can stand in front of you. And so here they are with the frontier ahead And the word from God that they're able to take the land. And how many know there's all kinds of different personalities that are standing there? (laughs) 
There's some that are afraid of who's on the other side. You know, I'm sure there's those personalities that are like, you know what? Even the land we're on is not safe. (laughs) God had promised to give them the new frontier, but some of them are still thinking, we're not even safe here. They might even take what we have and and, and kill all of us. How many know people like that? (laughs) There are some that are just indifferent. You know, I'm kind of happy here, and I don't really need to take the new frontier. And then there were some there, I know a couple, Joshua and Caleb, they were old men and they were like, hey, uh, give me the best land where the biggest giants are, I'm ready. And so there were lots of different personalities there. But listen to what God says. Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I've given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses, from the wilderness to Lebanon, even as far as the great river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, as far as the great sea, toward the setting of the sun will be your territory. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. So this message is about how do we move forward to a new frontier? Because isn't that what we're doing in a new year? We're moving on unsettled land. We don't know what's ahead. But we have a mentality that is going to lead us into a new year. And so we have a clear demarcation between settled land. How many know 2021 settled? There's no changes are going to be made to 2001. You might do great things for the next four days, or how many ever days are left, but for the most part, that's settled land. So the question is, how will you move forward, and how will you be obedient to God's Word in the coming year? So the first question that comes to my mind is, how does the past affect you? 2021, I put on there. The past. You say, well, I've got four or five more days. What is today? 26. You got five days. Okay. You say, well, I'm still living life. I got five days to live. Don't, don't say it's the past yet. But you know what? As I went to sleep last night and was praying about this message, this is actually, I've got four points. This is the first one. This is the one the Lord kept speaking to me about. How does the past affect you? Wasn't in my notes, but the Lord started kind of telling me there's two ways to deal with the past. I mean, oh, there were two generations there. There's a generation that died in the wilderness, and there's a generation that was ready to take the promised land. The first generation was supposed to go straight in, but they were disobedient and they would not do that. And so they ended up wandering for 40 years in the wilderness. And then when that whole generation died, the new generation rose up and they were ready to enter. And so I started thinking to myself, what was the difference in the way they both dealt with the past? In fact, I wasn't even thinking about it. God put it on my mind while I was trying to sleep, so I didn't sleep all night. 
And so that previous generation couldn't forget about Egypt. Do you guys remember that? Everywhere Moses took them, they complained, they murmured, and they just kept saying, man, we had it so good in Egypt. Man, we had it so nice in Egypt. It was so wonderful in Egypt. It was a great thing in Egypt. And how many know they never really ever got over the past? And this other generation, I was thinking, well, God, what about this other generation? I can't ever remember them talking about the past. Do you? I mean, think of the things they've seen in the past. There was Korah's rebellion, remember, against Moses and the rebellions, um, even of his own relatives. And there were all kinds of, uh, there was the bitter waters uh, where they threw the, you know, the, the, the tree into the water and it became sweet. There was the manna and then they were, they were tired of uh, eating manna and so God sent them quail and, you know, all these stories that they had and, um, they just over and over, they couldn't get over the past. But this generation was like, you know what? Let's just do what God told us to do. And they left the past in the past, and they left it buried in the sand. Literally, because the whole generation had to die so they could enter in. And so they left it all buried in the past. In fact, a lot of people don't notice this in the scripture, but do you know that, um, do you know that Moses, um, God was displeased because they wouldn't enter the promised land and wouldn't go after the enemy in the promised land. And so God said that they will wander in the wilderness and they can't enter now. And how many know they rose up after that and said, we're going to enter anyway? And they tried to do it in their own strength, and it fell dramatically. And I started while I was sleeping, I was thinking about that. How many times have we done that? New year comes and we say, well, God, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. And how many know it's all in our own strength? And we said to ourselves, you know, I'm going to do it. I'm going to turn over a new leaf. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And how many know everything that was in the promised land was too big to do on their own? They wouldn't enter in through faith. But then they decided they were going to enter in after God said they couldn't and tried to do it in their own strength. And how many know everything in that new, that promised land was impossible to do in your own strength? And so God is a God that takes pleasure in the fact that you can't do it on your own. And so when you're thinking about all the things you want to do in the new year, remember if it's from God, many times He'll make it where you cannot do it on your own. You will fail over and over and over and over until you realize, I have to have God or I'm going to keep on losing. And you know, God could have very easily, and I want you to think about this, it's going to be a little humorous, But how many know God could have made the promised land a land of pygmies? A land of dwarfs. A land of trolls. He could have done that. He could have made it a land of little people. Right? Little weak people. But he didn't. For some reason, God put every stinking giant in the promised land on the best land. 
In fact, the biggest giants in the world were concentrated around Jerusalem. They were all over the promised land from the top to the bottom everywhere were giant, mighty enemies. Now, why do you think God did that? Why didn't he just put little people there? Because he wanted us to trust him and only him. He didn't want us to walk away and say, I did this with my own strength. I did this with my own power. Look at me. I'm great. God wanted you to know that you're going to have to depend on me in 2022. And if you want to win, if you want to beat some of these habits, if you want to turn the other leaf, if you want to live life differently, you cannot do it on your own. These giants are too big. Don't try it or you'll get beat. And that's exactly what they did. But the new generation... You know, they, you don't hear a lot of debate about them fighting the giants. You know, they, there's not a whole lot of debate about the past. There's not a whole lot of murmuring. There's not a whole lot of quarreling. They were just like, hey, if God said it, let's do it. And so I want to be able to glean from these people, what were they doing differently that they could just approach the new land and just go right in? And the first thing I notice is change. Big, big, big change. And we don't notice it very well, but it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, The Lord spake to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise. Now this isn't a minor change. How many know Moses is the greatest individual that has ever been in the history of Israel? In fact, he says he is the greatest prophet before and after. Nobody was like Moses, but one day there will be one that will come that will be a greater prophet than Moses and is actually the Messiah. But Moses was bigger than life. Moses led them everywhere in the wilderness. Moses was everything to them. He was bigger than any figure we've ever had in our history and bigger than any figure probably in any nation in history. Moses was huge. And when you're standing on the line of demarcation between settled and frontier, don't you think Moses was kind of important to have with you? In fact, I don't even know. I have to dig into the details. But Moses went on Mount Nebo, and it says on Mount Nebo he died as they were entering into the promised land. So I don't even know that he was dead yet before they left. I'd have to look at the details and see exactly how that transpired. But can you imagine leaving him on the mountain on the other side and walking in the promised land without Moses? This is big time change. But Joshua, it says, arise Joshua and enter into the promised land. I promised Moses and your fathers. All right. And this is what I was telling you before. God has a plan to bless his people. And God has a plan to bless people. Do you know that Israel was made to be a blessing to all the nations? God was blessing them to bless all the nations of the world. And God has a mission and people that are always involved in that mission. So when Moses died, guess what happened? The mission didn't die. The plan didn't die. None of this stuff died. God said, hey, just follow Joshua, and how many are aware that the name Joshua actually is Yeshua, transliterated, became Jesus in our translation? 
This is actually a prototype of Jesus. And so the reason I called it New Frontiers following Jesus is because this is the Bible's example to us that if you just follow Jesus into this new land, which is 2022, you will have success. Nobody can stand in front of you. This is a Bible message that is screaming loud and clear. This isn't just Joshua. It's a prototype of Jesus leading your life into the new promised land. Hallelujah. Now they spent some time. They didn't just say, oh, well, you know, Moses is dead. Whenever Moses was gone, how many know that in Deuteronomy at the very end, it says they did mourn him for 30 days. How many think it was a good thing to mourn Moses for 30 days? The greatness of his leadership, the greatness of what he accomplished, it was right to mourn Moses for 30 days. But do you know that they could have mourned him for a lot more than 30 days? But this is a people that knew that God has a plan and God has a mission. How many are aware that it would have been very unhealthy to continue to stay in the moly grubs and mourn Moses? They had to leave the past behind and say, God has a plan. God has a mission. We're moving forward. In fact, this is a good place to say it here if... We're still licking our wounds from 2021. It's hard to move forward in 2022. You say, well, Chad, I'm not just licking my wounds from 2021. I'm licking my wounds from 1975. (laughs) I wish I was exaggerating. But Chad, you don't know the childhood I had. You don't know... And I'm not making light of wounds. But how many know it would have been very unhealthy to continue mourning Moses when God had a plan and God had a mission for them to move forward? And sometimes you can stay so long in the past. In fact, uh, this is one of the ways that we won't succeed in 2022 is if we're still living in 2021. All right. Some people are still living in 1980. You see them, right? I don't have to tell you who's still living in 1980. I don't have to tell you who's still living in 1990. And, you know, and I don't have to tell you. And that's okay. I'm not talking. I'm not saying you can't retro. That's all right. I'm just saying spiritually, spiritually, we serve the God who heals wounds. Not the guy that wants us to stay in the past with the wounds. And there's no possible way that generation could move forward if they didn't bury it all in the sand. And and we've got to be good at that. You say, but you don't know how much I hurt in 2021. You don't know how bad it was that they, what they said about me or what they did to me or how this behavior was or what I went through or this or that. And, and I'm not making light of it and I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm saying that if we dwell on the past, 
I don't think these people were sitting on the bank saying, you know how bad this wilderness is. I think they were saying, let's get out of this wilderness. Let's go to the land that flows with milk and honey and let's live the life God's called us to live and let's quit staying in this stupid desert. We can't stay in the desert. Jason was talking about spurring us on. He said that the spurring us on to love and good deeds and he said, you know, that spur kind of hurts. <laughs> but we got to move, church. There's a whole land where God wants to bless his people and he wants to bless these people. He wants to bless everybody around us and he wants to bless his people. So we can't stay in the past. But change is hard. Change is difficult. In fact, I read this from a pastor. It says, from my research and personal experience, I've come to the conclusion that in every church, 15% of the members will never change. The tragedy I see with young pastors who are every day leaving the ministry is they're trying to change the 15%. But if they would put their heads, it's like they're butting their heads against a brick wall. What they should be doing is concentrating on the 85% who are ready for change. That's where the real ministry of the local church takes place. Church, we've got for our own health and our own success in 2022, we've got to move forward and let God do great things. Okay, the second thing is, how should we move forward in the present? It says in uh, 2 through 5, it says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan because I am about to give it to them, the Israelites. So he's telling them, now then is some big words there. Moses is dead, now then. Now then what? Arise and move. See, you have two choices. I can either focus all my energy and all my time on the ever-changing world. Oh my goodness. Have you seen what's happening in the world? Oh my goodness. Have you seen what they're doing now? And all of our time, all of our attention is on all the things that are changing. You know, I think the enemy does that. I think the enemy likes to distract God's people with all of the things the enemy's doing. Did you see what he's, I'm so insulted. You see what the enemy's doing now? You see what the enemy's, you see what the enemy's doing? You can focus on that. Moses is dead. This happened in the wilderness. That happened in the wilderness. This was done in the wilderness. That was done in the wilderness. Or you can focus on the things that never change. So what never changes? God never changes. God wants to bless his people and other people. And God has a mission that's always happening and people are always working on that mission. So if I focus all my energy on the things that never change, my mind's not thinking about all the things that are changing. Hallelujah. And the enemy wants us to be on the things that are changing instead of the things that never change. Hallelujah. 
I guess that was only a revelation for me. <laughs> I'm learning. Tell me. Matthew 5.18 says, I tell you the truth. Heaven and earth will disappear, but not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will in any means disappear from this law until everything in it has been accomplished. God never changes. Hallelujah. So God restates to Joshua the same promises he said that I gave to Moses. Just like I told Moses I was going to do, now I'm telling you. And guess what? The same things he told Moses, he had already told to Joseph. He had already told to Jacob. He had already told to Isaac. He already told to Abraham. He already told even way back to Enoch, he was telling them the same things because God never changes. The plan is always the same and the mission never changes. So Joshua grabbed hold of the unchanging hand of God and it was as if Moses didn't need to be there anymore. Because guess what hand Moses was holding? You say, but it was Moses' greatness. It was Moses. No, Moses had a hold of the unchanging hand. Moses was a part of the plan that never changes. Moses was part of the mission that never changes. Joshua grabbed a hold of the same hand that Moses had. Do you know that their personalities were totally different? But they both had a hold of the same hand, the unchanging one. Hallelujah, and that's what we need to do. Grab a hold of that unchanging hand. And he tells them the same thing he told Moses and Abraham. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you. Just as I spoke to Moses from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, as far as the great sea toward the setting of the sun, will be your territory. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Do you think God ever gets tired of repeating the same lines? <laughs> he doesn't. And I don't get tired of hearing it. Because we've got to put ourselves in that place and say, you know what? 2022, I don't know if we did it in 2021, but I'm grabbing a hold of the unchanging hand because that's the only thing I've got that's stable. Hallelujah. And then my third point, what type of people do we need to be to, like he says here, have success? And sometimes we focus on the first part of it. Be strong and courageous. And we swell up real big and we say, that's me. (laughs) Strong, noble, proud, heroic, courageous, that's me. And we don't keep reading. We stop. In fact, he repeats that like four or five times in there. He says, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Okay, end of story, Chad. Be careful. 
to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Don't turn to the left or the right so that you may have success wherever you go. So let's be obedient to the Lord. If what the Lord is telling us to do, let's hear his voice. Let's be obedient. So if you're obedient, what? So that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate it on it day and night. That sounds like what he told David. He's repeating himself again. Meditate on it day and night. So. So if I'll meditate on day and night, what? So you may be careful to do according to what's written in it. For then I will make your way prosperous and then you will have success. I mean, no, it's not just being strong and courageous and proud and bold and brave. It's being careful to be obedient to what God's telling us to do. And you say, well, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to do what I feel like is my heart to do because I'm strong and courageous. You're going to be like the children of Israel that went after the enemy without God's blessing, and you're going to lose that. You say, well, I'm proud. I can stop doing this. I can stop doing that. I can turn over a new leaf. I can make myself a better person. I'm wiser than most people. I've got more wisdom than most. I've got a plan that won't fail. I've got a plan that's going to work. I've got a plan that, man, just let me play it out. Church is going to fail. But the blueprint is here. If we're obedient to the Lord and we're careful to do what He tells us to do, the Bible says our own way leads to destruction. Our own heart is deceitful above all things. He says, I'll give you success. How many want success this year? This is the blueprint. And it goes on. In fact, I put on here, be strong and courageous to do what? Question mark. Because I think we read that and we say be strong and courageous. But if you look at the context, it's be strong and courageous to do what's right. Chad, you can separate that because these are warriors. These are warriors standing on the edge of the Jordan. They're ready to really kick some serious giant butt, right? Warriors, awesome, mighty warriors. No, they were small like grasshoppers. <laughs> okay? They said we were grasshoppers in the sight of the enemy. These weren't pygmy armies they were fighting. All right? And the, and the battles you're fighting, the battles against temper, the battles against anger, the battles against deception, the battles against you know malicious behavior, the battles against pornography, the battles against uh, all these things that... People are saying in the new year, I don't want that in my life anymore. They're giants. They're big, so be strong and courageous to do the right thing. To be obedient to God during this year. And what will happen if you're strong and courageous to do that? You'll succeed. Nothing will stand in front of you. Hallelujah. My last point. And this is an easy one to miss. So who succeeds? In fact, I've got one more before I get to my last point here. I found this really interesting. During World War II, the Nazis were invading France. And as they were invading France, one of the towns that they were invading, 
They removed all of the signs in town because they didn't want the Nazis to be able to find their way around town. So when the Nazis got there, they just couldn't find main roads. They couldn't find any. Just imagine if we took the interstate signs down, we took the names of the roads down, and they didn't have GPS back then. And so they were lost. And so as I was thinking about being strong and courageous, but not being obedient to the commands of the Lord, the enemy has been very good in our culture at saying the Bible is irrelevant and the voice of the Lord is irrelevant. And how many know that the enemy, if he can take down every signpost, you have no navigational ability to be obedient to the Lord. You say, well, I'm a good person. I know how to do the right thing. I know how to be a good person. I know how to handle this problem. I know how to handle the situation. I know how to do this at church. I know how to do this at home. I know how to do this at work. And see, that's our problem. We think we navigationally have skills. But see, the enemy, if he's successful at removing every sign post, which is the Word of God, you have no ability to find your way to success this year. That's why he says, meditate day and night, know it well. Know how to behave properly in front of the Lord, because if you'll do that, you'll have success. So what's the enemy want to do? He's removing all those signposts so we have no ability to be obedient. You said, does the enemy do that? Doesn't God just bless you no matter what? Because, no, how many remember there was a story of the children of Israel? They were unstoppable. Nobody could stop them. They were coming through the land, and everybody knew they were unstoppable. And how many know that they ran into a prophet named Balaam? And the king began to consult, how do I stop the children of Israel And he said, you can't stop them. God prophesied to this prophet that there's no way to stop them. He said, there's only one way. Send the Moabite women into their camp. And if they will sin with these Moabite women, then God is unable to bless them. And so that's exactly what happened. The Moabite women came into the camp and God was forced to not be able to bless them. How many know this is still a tactic the enemy uses? He takes all the guideposts away. He takes away that whole part of that scripture that says, if you'll be obedient to me, you will have success in everything you do. Nothing can stand in front of you because God wants to bless his people and he wants to bless people. And the only thing that stand in the way is the enemy saying, don't be obedient to God. Don't listen to God. Don't read His Word. Don't be obedient to His Word. And the last point is, who succeeds in 2022? The very last part of this is very important, and we can easily miss it. In verse 9, it says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous? He's repeating the same line again. He says, Don't tremble or be dismayed. Why? Because the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You know, if the enemy were to see Moses, the enemy would not have been afraid. If the enemy seen Joshua, the enemy would not be afraid. (laughs) The reason they were afraid was because God was with them. 
The reason the enemy couldn't stand in front of them was because God was with them. It wasn't Moses. It wasn't Joshua. It wasn't the leaders. It was that last line that says, be strong and courageous. Why? Because the God of heaven is standing behind this army and the enemy is not looking at you. The enemy is looking at the God who is with you. And boy, if we don't recognize that, I read a story that really perfectly sums it up and the worship team can come up here. How important it is this year to have God with us. How many of you know when we're disobedient to the Holy Spirit, you know, we say, well, man, I've got this one, God. I don't want to listen to what you're saying. I don't want to do what you're saying. How many know everything in us, we need to have God with us because all of our success has to do with God being with us. In fact, I read the story and I want to share it with you as they're coming up here. There was a great concert violinist. I want you to think about this. And he had this really expensive Stradivarius violin. How many have heard of a Stradivarius? Very well known, very expensive, very well made. Um, I mean, the cost of a Stradivarius is through the ceiling. None of us could afford a Stradivarius probably. But he had one. And he was a well-known master of the violin. He went all across Europe and everywhere that he went, everybody would always comment. They would say, the sound of the Stradivarius. The sound of the Stradivarius. And everywhere he'd go, in fact, to the point, this guy was the best in the world. But everywhere he went, the sound of the Stradivarius. And see, that's how we are. Everywhere we go, it's be strong and courageous because God's going to do these mighty things through you. And finally, the concert violinist got tired of hearing about the Stradivarius. So in the process of going to a major concert in a major city, he went to a pawn shop and he bought a violin, polished it up beautifully And played it at the concert and they said, the sound of the Stradivarius. And he had a cheap violin from a pawn shop. And how many know our success this year and any year is determined whether God is with us? Because we're fighting giants. And so we want God to be with us when we go to work. When we go home, in fact, I, 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 that actually is a very beautiful, elegant story. I usually would tell another story that I like a lot and I've told before that actually expresses it even better than that one, but it's not nearly as glamorous as that story, but the story of the elephant and the mouse. They walked across the bridge. It was you know, just a nice stretching bridge across the gap and... The elephant and the mouse were walking across it together and it began to shake. And the mouse looked up at the elephant. You know the line. We're really shaking it, aren't we? Can I tell you something? Sometimes we give ourselves too much credit. And then when we fail, we condemn ourselves too much. And what we really need is God with us because He's doing it. If God is with us, who can be against us? If God is for us, who can fight us? What enemy can stand in front of us? And I want to challenge you, church, take inventory today and say, 
man, I want to make sure God is with me, that I'm, I'm obedient to God, I'm in His presence, I'm, and, and, and that God is actually with us because that's where the success, that's the victory is at. Let's stand to our feet. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you and we thank you for your promises. Lord, you never change. Your promises never change. Your word never changes. You never change. Help us, Lord, to trust you and only you to hold on to your unchanging hand, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Church, just find a place. We're going to worship the Lord. And if you need prayer, we're always here. If you've never given your heart to the Lord, if you are going through something, you need prayer, you need healing, you need help, you need somebody to agree with you in prayer. That's why we're here. Hallelujah. serpent and put it on a rod and they raised it. And how many know in John chapter 3, that is the context of the for God so loved the world. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. And you know, the Lord was really stressing to me this thing about the past. And how many know that the enemy's strength is to put his poison in you? literally destroy God's people with the past. And that's what the Lord just kept putting on my mind last night. So I'm going to close with these verses. Because He's the antidote. How do you know that? The enemy's bite, that poison the enemy tries to put in God's people. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Luke 9.62 Jesus said to him, No one puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Philippians 3.13 And I'll close with this. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. And uh, Lord, this morning we look at you and uh, Lord, you are the antidote to the enemy, Lord. Lord, what lies ahead is victory, success, Lord. New frontiers, Lord God, a promised land that is for all of us, Lord God. You want a blessing. Lord, I pray your blessing upon your people and this community today, Lord God, that we be a part of your mission today, Lord. In your name we pray. And everybody.
Everybody say.